It's important that we Christians are able to answer the question, why do you believe in Jesus? The Apostle Peter even said that we have to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have and to give our answer with respectful gentleness. So, on this episode of Wisdom 8 to 8, I want to give you three reasons why I believe in Jesus. Hi, I'm Bob Buchanan. Who are you? Who are so wise? As Christians, we are apologists for the faith. Uh, the word apologetics comes from the Greek word apologia, which means to give a defense. And so, just for the record, the next time a person apologizes to you, you know, ask him or her if it's a defense of their offensive actions or words. Eh, just kidding. Every believer has a story of how and why we gave our lives to Christ. Paul gives his defense of the faith three times in the book of Acts. In each case, he, he gives the same defense as a pattern, what he was before he met Christ, how he met Christ, and what's happened to him since he met Christ. Now, our, our story should be the same way, how Christ has changed us from what we were to what we are becoming. And we need to explain our faith, not only in personal ways, but also with well-reasoned arguments, whether those arguments are to the liking of our listener or not. And so I thought it might be a good idea for me to think through, why do I believe in Jesus? Well, I came up with three reasons, and they all have to do with one word, and that is history. The first reason is the history of Jesus. Everything we know about Jesus comes by way of the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And there are critics of Christianity who will say that those documents are biased and therefore they really can't be relied upon to verify that a man named Jesus of Nazareth ever lived. Well, is that a reasonable objection? Well, I don't think so. It's not intellectually honest. The reality is that no honest historian believes that the man Jesus was a fictitious character. And that is said by Bart Ehrman, professor of religious studies at the University of North Carolina, who wrote about the historicity of Jesus' life. Now, I chose Professor Ehrman as a self-described former evangelical. That's how he talks about himself. He gave up his faith, and now he claims to be a non-atheist. So he no longer claims to be an evangelical Christian who believes in Jesus, and yet, even though he has abandoned his childhood faith, he argues for the fact that Jesus existed. There are mentions um, of the historic Jesus outside the Bible, and Ehrman points these out in four ancient historians. Jesus is found in their writings. The first is the Jewish historian Flavius Josephus, born shortly after the resurrection of Christ to a prominent family in Jerusalem. Josephus provides historic evidence of the life of Jesus. In his massive work, The Jewish Antiquities, which is a 20-volume history of the Jewish people that were written about A.D. 93, Josephus, who is not a follower of Jesus, mentions the illegal execution of James, the brother of Jesus who is called Messiah. About Jesus, he says that Jesus did surprising deeds and was condemned to be crucified by Pilate. There are Roman historians, too, the Roman senator and historian Tacitus mentions that Emperor Nero falsely blamed the persons commonly called Christians for the burning of Rome in AD 64. Tacitus said that Christus, the founder of the Christians, was put to death by Pontius Pilate, procurator of Judea in the reign of Tiberius. 
The Roman governor of Pliny, the younger, born in AD 61, wrote that the early Christians would sing hymns to Christ as to a god. And some scholars also believe the Roman historian Suetonius, uh, Suetonius rather, uh, refers to Jesus when the Emperor Claudius expelled the Jews from Rome in about AD 49 because they were making constant disturbances at the instigation of Crestus. Paul even mentions this expulsion in his letter to the Romans. Now, as Bart Ehrman concluded, quote, it is useful for realizing that Jesus was known by historians who had reason to look into the matter. No one thought he was made up. These non-Christian sources align with the record of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection as recorded in the Gospels. Jesus was put to death under Pontius Pilate in Judea between, uh, in the early AD 30s. Jesus was worshiped as God, and his followers often experienced persecution. If Jesus did not historically exist, our faith is on very shaky ground. Which brings us to the question of the historic reliability of the New Testament Gospels. Many people ask if the Gospels can be trusted. And the first truth test of any historic document, and this is true of the Gospels, is whether they display familiarity with the times, the customs, and the places that they write about. If they don't, then they can't be trusted. And if that's the case, then our faith is meaningless. But we're on good ground here because we find that place names, geography, personal names, family connections, cultural habits, they all confirm, uh, uh, conform to what we read in the gospel accounts. A summary of the gospels shows that all four writers had knowledge of a range of locations from the well-known locations to the lesser known and sometimes even obscure places. No gospel writer got all of his information from the other gospel writers because each one brings his own unique information to it. Most important, the gospels are not what we would expect from people who make up stories about the events, especially of the disciples. Now just think about how most ancient stories of famous men and women are written. The authors write glowingly about all of their subjects. Uh, we call this the halo effect. And no one wants to see their heroes with halos slipping down to their waists. And other than Jesus himself, who is the visible likeness of the invisible God, no one gets any glowing reviews in the Gospels. We see the disciples with warts and all. The reports of Jesus' life in the Gospels stand out as true due to one indisputable fact, the crucifixion. Crucifixion was the Roman way of saying that they were in charge. And whatever ambitions the crucified person had were an epic failure. Peter J. Williams in his book, Can We Trust the Gospels, writes, quote, the gospel writers record this event and many others that could seem embarrassing to their cause. All four gospels tell of the leading disciple, Peter, three times denying that he even knew Jesus. In all four gospels, the disciples are portrayed as lacking understanding, as disloyal at key moments in Jesus' life. It's hard to envision why either the disciples themselves or anyone who looked to them for leadership would make up such stories. C.S. Lewis put it best, I think, when he wrote this about the historic Jesus. Here I'm quoting. I am trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. 
I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sorts of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says that he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him, and you can kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that option open to us, and he did not intend to. Now my second reason for believing in Jesus is the history of salvation. When I first became a believer, I was thrilled, but I also had some doubts, and I wondered whether or not I had gotten it all wrong. Regular reading of the Bible will lead you to a helpful conclusion. The history of God's acts to save sinners shows that Jesus Christ is the only offer God has ever given for salvation. From Genesis to Revelation, there's only one mega story. As Peter said, there is no salvation in anyone else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. God has not given us many ways to get to heaven. There is only one way, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ. No other way has been or will ever be offered. Now finally, there is my personal history, my personal experience, and that is how Jesus changed my life. Yes, this is a subjective matter, but the change can be verified by others. Not only that, it's a change that only a powerful savior could make in a person who is a terrible sinner. There are many anecdotal evidences, but I'll just point to one. Uh, before I became a follower of Jesus, I despised the Bible. I, I thought it was out of date, out of touch, had nothing important to say to me. In my home, in fact, the saying went this way, the Bible is a book, it's a good book, but it's not the only book. So I thought if God really wanted to talk to me, then he should come right down here to me personally and talk to me himself. Such arrogance. Fast forward to my conversion, and you would find me sitting in my basement apartment, reading the Gospels with wonder, not being able to read enough about Jesus, this Savior, and not even, and not a few tears of joy that were being shed because of the love of God sweeping over me as he made himself real to my soul, making me feel welcome in his family and in his presence. There can be only one explanation for such a change, the Spirit of God working in me by the power of Christ's resurrection to give me then and still to this day, 45 years later, a new and living perspective on a so-called out-of-date book that has become soul-stirringly relevant and eternity-revealing truth in my life. So think about it, Christian. Why do you believe in Jesus? Are you ready to give a reasoned defense for your faith? Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thanks for joining me and Steve Dyan behind the camera, who's always ready to give an answer for his faith and to help stamp out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. You be of good cheer.